0: what's going on everyone welcome to episode 34 of the big fly pod to C.M., KMA and tilu K May's back extended all-star break the kid had the t- I, I we just kind of started this so I kind of want to hear what's what was the break like what'd you get up to
1: yeah the break was good got to see the family which was which was uh pretty good had uh my fair share of alcoholic beverages so got that got that fixed in as well
0: Yep. Now we're uh, we're healthy. We're ready to roll. Yep, healthy and rolling. Sam, what's going on with
2: you? Dude, same old, same old here. We're just working, grinding away, and trying to trying to figure out a couple other things as we go. So yeah, we're good on this end.
0: Hey man, the road's a journey. You just gotta keep going. Sometimes you gotta make some pit stops, right? That's right. Life's a garden. Gotta
2: dig it.
1: I didn't know we were a motivational podcast, you guys. That was,
0: yeah, that was part of k you got anything?
1: I got nothing. You guys covered you it at all. You don't have anything you
0: tell your kids on a Tuesday in the middle of October when they're unmotivated for your gym class? I'm in summer mode still. I don't want to think about that yet. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, yeah. Well, boys, we're coming back from uh, – basically kind of a couple weeks off from all being together. It's good to have all the fellows back together. It's unbelievable. Um, little draft recap, really quick, uh, CM and I were four for four to start it off and then went downhill from there, uh, with all the picks, kind of some crazy ones here or there, especially with the Royals, uh, taking their pick at seven with that catcher out of high school when Teal was still on the board, but overall CM, I thought we did pretty good.
2: Yeah. I don't think we did too bad. I mean, I'm looking back at the list of, you know, what, who we had going where and a couple, we were not too far off with the slots that they ended up going in. Um, but like you said, you know, a couple shakeups there at the top that started with really with Kansas City that kind of threw um, through everything else for a loop. So, but other than that though, most of you know, I think most of the guys that we had on here were somewhere in the top fifty.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And came in when you listened to our episode on the boat with all your uh, friends and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did everyone agree with our takes? Absolutely. Okay, sick. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, thoughts <laughs> on this? Let's go with a little bit of thoughts on the festivities, the All Star Game festivities in Seattle. A lot of people thought they went well. Some people had their you know, certain changes they would make. Let's start with the home run derby. Why can you guys tell me why they moved away from the outs base system in the first place? So I was going to bring that up.
1: I'm glad you brought it up in the first place. Um, Yeah. I like the old format a lot better than I I do now. Um, It's so hard to follow and like appreciate each home run because it's so like rapid fire that you can't really see where each ball goes. And, you know, the, the best part of it for me, like as a kid growing up was seeing like the bombs, just appreciating them and seeing how far they went, and how high they were. And you can't really do that anymore because like I said, it's so quick and the camera can't pan at all because it's got to pan the, the pitch going in and it can't really track the pitch that's going out into the stands. So that's my take. Um, you know, still exciting, still fun to watch, but the, I, I, like, I like the old version better, the old way better.
0: Like The worst workout in the world. It really is. It
1: looks Oh, yeah. Those guys are ghastly in the rounds, too, for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> CM, what would you do differently?
2: Yeah, I think they need to – I would take it back to the out system. I actually – I didn't even watch any of it this year. I didn't really watch any of it last year. Um, I've kind of, over the years, lost interest in the home run derby. I don't think it's as exciting as it used to be anymore. I like the bracket setup, and I think that that is, is fun but the outs I think need to make a comeback. Yeah.
0: The other thing that I thought that they needed to change was the camera angle. Yeah. Why do they why do they show the pitcher like why I mean they, so
1: they should just pan it from like behind the whole time right like behind the catcher or behind the umpire Just give me yeah. that camera for the whole time you know
0: Do you get like a get an, uh, I probably would never be able to do this but I'm thinking can you get a camera on the baseball? it'd be kind
1: of hard to watch. I feel like it'd be all over the place.
0: I don't know. I, am just thinking of ideas here. Uh, I'm thinking of, you know, the guy who wants to see the launch angle in real time. I don't know. I hear you. That's an idea. There's two there's, T- there's T- there's ideas. There's a team. Yeah. T- <laughs> spitballing.
1: Also, can we talk about why everybody gets a 32nd bonus at the end? For like so, for no reason. And yeah. like, you, you get another 30 seconds if you hit, what was it, two over 470 or something like that, but yeah, why, why does everybody automatically get that first 30 second bonus? it just be added on to the original time, you know? I
0: don't, wasn't it like a certain footage of- Yeah, you'd you hit like two home runs
1: over 470, I think, to get the extra 30 seconds. But that was like the second 30 seconds like everyone automatically got a first 30 seconds mm-hmm. which is dumb like why not just make it three minutes and 30 seconds instead of three minutes for like, yeah. the, for like the actual round you know what i'm saying totally well
2: isn't it um isn't it a charity thing on that last 30 seconds isn't it you know you however many home runs you hit during that time
1: you might be right on that actually because remember when they always did like yeah. the, the pink ball when it was out like your last ball was always the pink ball or whatever yes yeah Yes. It might be something similar to that. You now that you say that, you might be right on that.
0: Oh man. That would be yeah. Yeah. No, I just laughed because K May went full on, like, you know, this is the worst thing in the world. And Sam <laughs> brings up the charity thing and I about lost it.
2: <laughs> well, I think that's what it, I mean, maybe it's not. I I don't know. Like I said, I didn't yeah. watch at all. So I yeah, I
0: honestly, boys, they gotta go back to the outs based system. The problem is, so, like, I went to the Home Run Derby at Coors Field last year, and it was remarkable. It was one of the coolest events I've ever been to. To really put it into perspective on TV is incredibly difficult. I get that. But, like, for example, like, the view that I had um was, like, from the – we were behind home plate, so, like, you were able to see the, you know, the actual – um What's the word I'm looking for? Not distance, but the I guess launch angle of the baseball, you know, from Shohei hitting one up into the third deck and cores. I'd like that over, you know, watching the pitcher and the hitter. It's just really weird. I never understood that. I would um, concur. I would agree. Yeah. Did you guys watch the All Star game at all? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? This is kind of a, I know we're going to get to this a little bit later, folks. We're going to get into like the, you know, we're going to talk about teams. They're going to take a step forward. Teams are going to fall off along with our hottest takes here for the second half. But I kind of have a hot take here for the all-star game. You guys know, obviously, about the Savannah Bananas. You don't do the style of play where the players are dancing on the field. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the rules. Did you guys see that clip where the kid caught the foul ball and it ended the game? like why can't you implement some type of rules into an all-star game like that, where it makes it a little more interesting now because it doesn't have, there's nothing that comes out of it when it comes, nothing that comes from it that'll impact the rest of the season. Like it used to where it would determine who had home field advantage in the world series.
1: Yeah. I, I think I feel like that. Certainly. Is, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's certainly like possible, you know, I can definitely see it. Um, I just don't know how like how like can fans catch outs. I mean, I just don't know like what the format would look like or how that would kind of yeah,
0: yeah. And look like in the
1: game. You know, that you know I mean?
0: exact that exact rule doesn't have to be in it, but I'm I'm just thinking of how you can keep everyone there engaged because sure from a TV standpoint, you have people engaged because you have players on the mics, you have them talking to the announcers, going through progressing through an at bat and those types of things, or being out in the field or or, or taking an at bat. But I'm wondering, you know, from the fan standpoint, there, I'm guessing the festivities all around it are a lot of fun. But within the game, I don't, I wonder how you can make that more interesting towards the fans.
2: Yeah, I think, I think, I think you kind of just keep it the same. I I mean, I don't think anything should be changed. That's why I didn't say anything first and let Kyle go. Debbie <laughs> Downer on it. But yeah, um, you yeah, are. I think if you're going, you know, you're going to see like, the best of the best for the first half of the season Um, go play and that people are, you know, they want to go watch all those guys in one setting at a time. Um, I mean, they could do, you know, some fan interaction type of stuff during the game, you know, like, have the guys that are on the bench go up the lines and talk to people and sign balls or whatever. But that's probably – you know the extent of anything that i think they would they could do yeah
0: yep yep i'm just throwing ideas out here just trying to promote the game that's all cm just trying to promote the game i actually really enjoyed i, re, I did really enjoy watching the all-star game
1: this year uh, it was a close game there's some good plays on defense it was close throughout so i i thought i thought it was a good like successful year for the all-star game overall personally yeah
0: yeah, totally. And I I won the first time in like 9 or 10 years. Uh so yeah, one of the wildest stats in All-Star Game history, but um all right. Well, let's move on. Boys, second half's rolling around. We just finished up the first series, uh first uh, couple uh first series of the year with a couple absolutely outstanding matchups, of course. Um one in particular with the Phillies walking off against the Padres today, the Colorado Rockies. Are there the Yankees' daddy? Are the White Sox back? Are the White yep. Sox back? The Braves are not here anymore? <laughs> and then the Cubs lost uh, two of three from the Red Sox. Um, let's talk about it, boys. Let's let's look at the teams. Okay, so let's talk about teams that we think are really going to take a big step forward here in the second half. Uh, CM, I would love to start off with you.
2: Yeah, I think um, I've got one, one in each league that I think are going to sort of make, you know, start making a move here. Um, The one in the National League for me is San Francisco, who sort of started a little bit slow and leading up to the All-Star break, they were picking it up um quite a bit you know i'm looking at the record as of today at 52 and 41 and only two games out of first place in the division behind the dodgers and i think that that's a team that's really going to start clicking here over the next couple months and put together a run to go to the um into the postseason and then on the other side of things in the American League is Seattle, who I know we were both pretty big on entering the season and they did not do well at all in the first half. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff coming out of that clubhouse about guys like Cal Raleigh stepping up and taking on a big leadership role, trying to push everybody. Um, I saw an interview what Friday I think with Logan Gilbert um, you know about how they're really doing a lot of internal focus stuff to get themselves ready to go in this second half Uh, you know again looking at it today they're sitting at 500 um, and eight games out of the division but in a good spot to try and make a push for a wild card um, for a wild card spot you know just kind of have to Fight with every other team in the AL East. Um, But I think that the Mariners are a team that could also sort of pick it up here in this second half of the season. Okay, man.
1: So Christian stole one of my teams. I was also going to say the Seattle Mariners. Um, As he said, you know, he kind of hit the main points. They did start to play well leading right up to the break. Kind of that last week, they started to play a little bit better. So maybe they can use that momentum and kind of come out here in the second half, maybe make a trade or two at the deadline, really kind of um, push for that wild card card, as Christian just said. I like the Mariners, I like the squad they have together. I like them at the beginning of the year, too. They have a lot of good hitters in that lineup, um, and I think they have the team to you know make a run for it at the end. Second team, also from the AL, I'm going to say the New York Yankees. They're sitting right now six games over 500 However, they are sitting in last place right now. I think if you're Brian Cashman, the GM, you're looking at your roster, you have Garrett Cole in the middle of his prime, and you have a lot of players who are also right in the middle of their prime and they're ready to compete. So I think there's going to be nothing that he can't do to try and compete. I think he's going to make some moves at the deadline, possibly make a run at Shohei, maybe. Um, you know, if, if, there, if there's a team that's going to make a run at him, it possibly the Yankees will be the team to do that. Not saying it'll happen, but, you know, I'm, I'm, he's going to do everything he can to try and improve that roster. Um, I think they can really kind of push for that for a wild card spot. It'll tough to catch the Rays at the top there, um, but I think they can make a run there towards the end of the year.
0: Great takes, boys. Uh, two teams that I have, which will be really – I'm interested to hear what your guys' thoughts are here. So first team I have is the Padres. I think that the Padres, from a pitching standpoint, are in a very, very solid spot. They obviously have a star studded lineup. Um, now, the one thing I think they're missing is a glue guy. And you know with the trade deadline just over two weeks away, I can see them making a move, maybe trying to solidify maybe some clubhouse ads versus players on the team being needed. Um, I don't think Gary Sanchez while he's doing a great job offensively has necessarily panned out to be, um, you know, somebody like that. So I, I see them going after other guys. I see them getting rid of a guy like Odor and really trying to put themselves in a position, uh, for a playoff run. So that's my team, the other team I have, and it's going it, to, it kills me to say this, um, but I have a really just weird feeling about this, um, Are the Chicago White Sox going to? They have the easiest schedule for the second half. According to the scheduling guru, they have the easiest schedule for the second half. You beat the best team in baseball.
1: Yeah, you're drinking drinking the Kool-Aid, are you? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't think so.
0: Kool-Aid is strong, brother. This yeah, late is feeling this. I I feel good about it, man. I don't know. You got just Who over, knows, like I said, just over two weeks away. Get a couple yeah. of games back. Who knows in that oh, division? Man. Yeah, great.
1: They're eight and a half back right now in the division. Um, so fifteen games under. I don't know. Then, the nine I, games I, back. My hesitation is because, like, last year was the same narrative, right? i like, wait to get the easy part of their schedule, then they'll really take off. And it's kind of the same thing this year. Like, the same thing is, is happening all over again. It's like I'm getting deja vu, you know? They never really took off last year, so they got to prove it to me, you know, to, to make it come into fruition, I, sh- I should
0: say. Yeah, the other team, and I just threw that out there because I saw that they have an easiest schedule in the second half, and I felt very, very good about telling that on the, on the pod. But I actually have – uh, the Philadelphia Phillies really turning it around here. I know they're they're fifty 51 and 42. Don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, they're uh, in a prime position. But the way that that team plays, the way that they handle the very, very stressful situations, the fact that Harper now has really started to kind of get back into his mold. Um, I saw in a bat tonight where he was 0-1 off of Hayter with a runner on third with two outs and extra innings. And, he, and the runner on third was that tying run. Uh, and he smoked a fastball up the middle and it's an 0-1, you know, fastball from hater right? And um, at the end of the day, if he's able to do that off a of lefty, I, I feel very, very good about that and I heard that he's going to be taking reps here at first base this week or, or excuse me, going to be likely taking over first base this week. Um, Don't be, don't be shocked if they go get somebody at the deadline. So yeah, obviously a team to look out for. Uh, Let's look at some teams that might, uh, that really had their luster in the first half, but are likely to lose it here in the second half. Uh, CM back to you.
2: Yeah. So in the national league, I'm going to take kind of a scapegoat team here with the Marlins who were second in the division going into the all-star break. Right now they are uh I think they're let's see. They in the wild card spot. Um they're the second wild card team right now. And but I think that that's a team that's going to start to fall off a little bit and hinder in this second half of the season. I just don't think that they have enough juice right now to keep what they've been putting together to this point together as we move forward these next couple months. Um, So that's a team that I think is going to sort of take a step back. And aside from them looking at the American League, um, I think that... The team I'm going to go with out of the AL to kind of fall off a little bit is I'm going to say Tampa Bay with the hot oh, start they okay. had. I mean a super hot start everything's been clicking you know McClanahan was on the 15 day DL he comes back tomorrow which is really good for them but I don't know something about their lineup I think you know like Kyle said the Yankees are probably going to put it together and be able to go make a swing for that division. And I don't, I mean, I think Tampa will still make the playoffs. I just think they might end up as a wild card team and not the division winner. Cause I think they're going to skid somewhere.
0: Yeah. I agree with you on the Marlins one. That was actually one of the teams I was going to say later, you're substituting Yuri Perez for Edward Cabrera, which I mean, Edward Cabrera had a nice couple of starts, but, you know, to lose one of your, you know, most highly touted prospects just based off of usage, it shows where they're at as an organization at this time. Now, it's not to say in the future that's not going to pan out, but I would agree with you. K-May, what you got? All right. Let's start in the National League. I'm going to kind of take CM's approach here and go with the team at the top
1: of the league. I am going to say the Atlanta Braves are going to fall off a little bit. Now, we we all know they're going to make the playoffs. You know, that's kind of a given at this point. But they came out so hot out of the gate. This weekend was the first series they lost at home since May. That's an incredible pace that you can't keep up. It's like impossible to do that. So I think they're going to fall off a little bit. They're sitting at thirty games over right now. Um, you know, maybe they finish fifteen over, twenty over, somewhere in that range. But I don't think they keep up the same pace that they have been doing right now. They're, I'm looking at their look at the standings right now. They're thirty-one and seventeen at home. That's insane. So. Very good team, obviously, um, but like I said, I don't think they can keep up that pace. They've been pitching really well. I think the pitching falls off a little bit. Um, you know, as we know, the lineup is very good too. So, still a very good team, but I expect them to kind of fall off the pace that they've been on um, in the first half. Jumping over to the American League, this is a team who, you know, kind of sneaking under the radar, kind of jumbled up in the AL East with everybody else. I'm going to go with the Boston Red Sox. Um, they're sitting at six games over. I think that's a lot better than everybody expected them to be at this point in the season. Um, All signs are pointing to them selling at the deadline. So I think they kind of fall off. They finish the year under 500 and they kind of retool and regroup for next year. And uh, yeah, that's my take. That's what I got.
0: Great great picks boys. Great picks. I'm, if we're going to do a team from both leagues, I just had one team, which was the Marlins, which I'll, I'll take that one away. Um, One team that I I don't personally think uh, again, like we talked about with Luster and you talk about, teams that are really playing out of their minds and not really able to solidify that over 162 game stretch. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati reds. And I think that a lot of people are going to hate that take because they're going to say, well, you know, they're on this 20, you know, 20 out of 27, you know, game stretch or this or that yeah every team has some form of a great stretch uh but hunter green is now out till august which scares me because they said at first he was going to be out for just a couple of weeks now he's out till august um you have a lot of young arms that are up there right now trying to pitch their way through situations uh abbott has been a really really nice ad for them who has been a really nice young pitcher I don't see him hanging around with his success for that long. Their ERA from a team standpoint is bottom, you know, five, seven or eight in the league. Um, And you can't stay that hot as an offense for this long. Right. So I'm going to say the reds, uh, even though I'm probably going to fully regret that pick because anyone that's bet against the reds at this point has pretty much been wrong Um, on the AL side. Let me go with the team. Hmm. This is going to be tough. I'm going to say... Hmm. This is tough, man. This is really, really tough. Um, Shoot, boys. I don't know. I don't know, man. This is tough because... All right. So you guys had... I'm going to go with... Uh... You know what? Screw it. I'll just throw it out there. I think Houston's going to start to struggle. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. I think Valdez is pitching out of his mind. Um, I don't feel good about this pick. It's this probably my worst take I've ever had, but I'm gonna go with the Houston Astros just because I want to go with the Houston Astros and I don't want to see them be successful. I think it's a good take. Yeah. I think good pick. It's a fair take, right? Um, boys. I'm going ro- rolling into our last segment here. The hottest takes for the second half. I, I any podcast I've listened to um that was going over the second half of the season in the MLB have dropped some pretty hot takes across the board, whether that being from a trade standpoint, from teams falling off uh to teams succeeding. And we talked about it here, of course, on a couple uh of, of segments we just did, but I would love you guys to drop some bombs on some takes that while maybe, you know, bold meter wise at the, t- at the, at the highest, but I think can still be realistic at some point. Uh, let's flip it up. Let's flip it around here. K I want you to start us off.
1: All right, boys, I got two takes for you here. Rolling into the second half, hot take Number one, a team that did not make the playoffs last year is going to win the world series last year because we have a lot of teams who are like playing, Better than what we expected coming into this year. A lot of teams that did not make the playoffs last year are playing really good baseball this year. Baltimore Orioles, Texas Rangers, uh, who am I missing? Uh, San Francisco Giants playing well. D-backs, if they can hang in there, they're playing well. The Reds, if they play, if they keep playing well, they can sneak in there too. So just a lot of teams who maybe we didn't expect to be playing well that are in there that are probably going to make the playoffs. So that's my take just because of the wide volume of teams that we're going to have in the playoffs who did not make it last year. I think one of those teams sneaks through and wins it all. Hot take number two in the next, when's the trade deadline? Three, two uh, weeks, three weeks? It's it's about
0: It's just over two weeks away,
1: August 1st. In the next two weeks before August first, Shohei Otani will be traded to a different team. We'll be wearing a different uniform on August second.
0: That's okay. my take. Okay. We gotta hear a team though, dude. We gotta hear what is a not not a not a perennial contender for him. We want I want you to think. Do you want me to go back to you on that? Yeah, come back to me. Okay. All right, CM. Let's roll. let let me hear it. Drop those bombs, homie.
2: All right, I've got a couple of trade ideas. I've got number one, Kyle, sorry, Dylan Cease in Arizona. I got that trade. Wow, I wow. I, mean, I think that the White Sox and Cease, and I think that need Alito. I don't know I don't where the going to go. But I yeah, don't have a right now. Right
1: now. I, I wouldn't mind. Uh, the D backs have a ton of prospects, so yeah, give them to me. I'm good with it. And
2: then hot uh, take right now, now is I think the Dodgers are a first round playoff exit. Wow. Oh, K may I just manage you because
0: yeah, it's yeah, it's I don't know, know why i figured it out. out. Yeah, there's a bunch, yeah, of, there's feedback. bunch of feedback. Are you, still getting, Are you still getting feedback? Who me? CMD. CMD. Feedback? Feedback. Okay. Okay.
1: Good take there, Christian. Good take. I like that. Christian first with uh, the uh, Dodgers first on exit. I like that take.
2: Thanks, <laughs> Kyle.
0: I came. Okay, I might I, just mute you, you until. Really? What's making noise in my apartment? I don't even hear anything. No you guys it's, hear noise. It's everything. Everything we say. We say comes through. Comes through your- oh. Okay, it's- you can mute me. That's fine. I'm just gonna mute you. All right. Okay. So here are my couple hot takes. Um because I wanted to um mention that the Cincinnati Reds were not gonna uh Keep on their hot streak. My hot take is that the Arizona Diamondbacks are not going to make the playoffs. And I think that if you look at the numbers from their pitching standpoint, Ryan Nelson is not a guy you want in your staff right now. Merrill Kelly, can he hold up for 162 games? So, with that, from a hot take standpoint, Um, I did have Dylan Cease to the D-backs in mind, um, but I'm actually going to go with Shane Bieber to the D-backs. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling really, really good about that. Um, Could we see Drew Jones potentially in a Guardians uniform? I don't think so, but that is something that uh, is going to be interesting to watch. My other hot take, which is just probably so ridiculous because of the fact that can you re-sign him in the future? I think Shohei Otani is a Dodger in a couple of weeks. And here's why. Because the Dodgers, while everyone wants to talk about Texas and Arizona from a farm system standpoint, Dodgers are loaded. You know that these guys are trained well. You know that they've been developed well. You know that they're in a position that they're going to be a big leaguer. Pretty much any guy who's gone up at this point this year, Sheehan, um, Bobby Miller, uh, Gavin Stone, um, uh, you know, any of these guys that have gone up, it feels as if that they're in a position to be a professional. And I think that the D-backs are absolutely loaded to do this now. My only thing is, and CM or K Man, wondering if you guys can help me out here. If let's say Shohei were to be traded to the Dodgers at the deadline, can the Dodgers extend him before the season ends? Um, I'm gonna I
2: K-man. don't know. There might be a certain date that they have to get it done by earlier in the year.
1: I was gonna say the same thing. I think there's a date you have to do it by, but I think after it's after the trade deadline. I think so. I think they still you still can after the deadline. So I think yes is is the answer. I think
0: because then then you build the asking price for Shohei because the I mean the dot. I don't know. Obviously, obviously, but I do not know if the Dodgers would mention something like that to Shohei, like a sign and like um. Like a sign and trade type of thing, like they do in the NBA a lot of the times, which I know that's like before the season, but that would be really interesting because the Dodgers right now, I mean, you look at the league across the board, the Dodgers have the second, are tied or just at the top for the second best record in the in the National League, which is pretty impressive when you think about the teams that are in the East and in the West. Um, so I don't know. I think that'd be kind of, that'd be pretty wild. I think it would piss off a lot of people, but no one's really talked about the Dodgers, which has been kind of weird to me because you'd think they'd want to do that. Now they must be just thinking that let's just get them for the future. That's why we're setting this all up for us to push for, Shohei in the future that's why they didn't make any big offseason moves we got Walker Buehler coming back Dustin May will be healthy Kershaw will be on his way out we can start to establish uh, Bobby Miller Gavin Stone Sheehan all these other guys that are developing in their system and who knows how many other guys they have coming up but I don't know boys I think think Shohei's going to be traded I think he will be yeah that's my take as well I think uh if you're
1: Shohei, though, I don't think you want to sign a long-term extension right after you get traded, right? Like, if I'm him, I want to test the market a little bit in the winter, see what's out there, see what teams are interested, see what the numbers look like. I mean, just if, if I'm him, that's what I would thats what I would be thinking, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah totally. And so that's why it's a hot take because it's like, are the Dodgers as a business going to go, okay, we can trade a lot of our assets to get this guy for one year, and then we're going to try to get him a big end for next year and pay him $600 million, but we've already lost out on a bunch of our guys. But... Another thing is, too, is that how much do you actually have to give up for Shohei? Because if the Angels are tied behind their hands because of the Trout injury, how do you, I mean, you you are really going to get nothing at this point except a compensation pick.
2: Well, I mean, that's the the thing with it, though, right, is the Angels can just kind of sit there and wait and see who throws them the best offer because they by no means have to trade him at all. I mean, they know where they sit right now and they know what their future looks like for this year. Um, you know, they're going to hear, they'll listen to offers, I'm sure, and see. But if you don't get, you know, what you think his value is and you, I mean, you know, if you're there for an office, you can sit there and ask for basically whatever you want um, at this point. I mean, they don't, you know, they they don't have to move him by any means. So it'll just be whoever's willing to put together the best package. And if the angels think that that package is suitable for them for, you know, the next three, four years, then they might take it. But if not, they might just sit there and, you know, bleed out what they can for the next two and a half months that he's for sure going to be there.
0: I can also see Texas. You don't have to give up your top prospects for him because the angels aren't going to necessarily, well, Again, that's actually going back to your point, CM, where it's they're going to wait out what they're going to get. It's going to become basically an asking price here, and then at and during his free agency. But Texas has a lot of guys right now that are just kind of sitting there, and they've loaded up their farm system. They lost to Grom. They have a number one, I guess you want to call it, in in Evaldi, but I don't know. Yeah, I was I always think it's tough thinking about those scenarios. Like intra
1: division trades or always like I think with Seattle that he'd be a really good fit in Seattle as well. It's just so tough doing those intra division trades because the repercussions are so heavy, right? Like yeah. what if what if uh Seattle or Texas gives their best prospects to the Angels, they end up being studs and the Angels like control a division for the next decade, like five years down the road, you know, you know. So I don't know. I think it's I think that's it's a great concept. I think that'd be tough to imagine though, trading within the division.
2: Yeah. I so, mean if, yeah, if I'm you know, the Angels if I'm the Angels, I'm you know any team that calls and says, "What's it going to take?" I'm gonna you know I'd say you know I need four of your top ten prospect prospects plus cash plus a compensation pick at some point in the next three years. More big you, league ready bat, yeah, yeah. And if you can give me that, then great, let's make a deal. But if not, then that's the end of the discussion, and we'll just you do take it Shohei them.
0: and Red- and Rendon. I think mean, you got to take both of them, get Rendon off your books. Seriously. I think yeah. that would be something too. They have to get some of that money off the books, take Tyler Anderson, just take, just take everything you have. Um, Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, boys uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I love catching up with you guys. Glad we're all back together. Um, As the second half rolls around, this is the, the dog days for these guys, but Really, if you think about it, it's two and a half weeks that really decide the next two and a half weeks are are possibly maybe the most monumental weeks in the history of baseball. If you look at where teams can go, you know, you think about teams that haven't had success in a long time and what moves they can make, where they can position themselves. Can we finally see, you know, Uh, a playoff bracket where it's a majority of teams that weren't in the, like k may said earlier, that were not in the playoffs last year or haven't been in quite some time. You know, can the smaller uh, payroll teams actually establish themselves as real threats to be World Series champs, uh, making some nice moves at the deadline? We're going to keep it all on track here. Every episode we have coming up here, we'll do probably emergency pod when the trade deadline is up. But uh, boys, it's getting to that time. Last you know, last year CM and I decided to roll this out during the World Series, um, right before it. So I'm glad now that we can kind of build up to that World Series, and really excited to see where this uh, takes us. Uh, any final thoughts, fellas? Yeah, you never came back to me on my team for Shohei. So I know we're running
1: short on time. I'm gonna throw it out there: New York oh, Mets. Man. New York Mets.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: they're they're all in they got the highest payroll in baseball they're going for it show and Mets.
0: amen i i wouldn't throw that out that's actually a more realistic thing than the dodgers i actually think just based on you have steve cohen in your corner so well i think we're about to run out of time fellas but absolute pleasure doing this with you and uh to everyone that listened thank you so much and we'll see you uh, next time
2: the rocks